El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, politics, pop culture, current events, and whatever else people are talking about these days. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, current events, pop culture, shits. Whatever Take I want to talk shits. about. Big. Honestly, I think we need to do more of the shits episodes. We have been severely lacking in the shits department. Yeah, I don't think we've done a single one since we changed the name. Since we've had Kim on the show. Yeah. And we that used to do love so many. talk about shit in your pants. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's told a few pants shitting stories on the other podcast that yeah. this a used to be. A few different. Called. A few stories, by the way. It's not like she told a story several times. Yeah, she doesn't just go back to the same shit well each time. No, No, it's a new poo tale. She's convinced she's like, every adult has shit their pants. And I'm like, Kim, boy, buddy, is that not the case? Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I was like, I was obliteratingly drunk and still aware enough to be like, y'all got to get out of here because I'm about to shit my pants. And I took a shit, wiped my ass, and then fell back on the floor. It takes a special set of circumstances to shit your pants as an adult. Yeah. I think my response to that when she said that is I was like, how have you been living? (laughs) Like, what world are you sitting in where, like, shitting your pants in an emergent situation is like a constant vigilance? Read her book in stores now. I have. (laughs) So that makes a perfect segue into what we're talking about this week, if I'm being completely honest. Shitty Arabia. Which is... The massive influx of Saudi Arabian money into yeah, dude. professional sports. We're going to get our fucking arms chopped off and yeah. nailed to a prince. Yeah, because it is really getting to the point where no one's going to be criticizing Saudi Arabia anymore because everyone is going to be getting money from Saudi Arabia, including us, a lot of, probably. They have a, you know, I mean, if they want to sponsor us, I'll do whatever. <laughs> Put whoever you want on the show again, and I'll do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't want Saudi Arabia to sponsor us, but it feels like it's heading in a direction where it's it's like saying, well, I want to use the Internet, but I don't want Amazon to benefit from it in any way. It's like like 90 percent of websites run on Amazon Web Services. Sorry. Yeah, that's uh. I had a, I ended up having it up with a company that I ordered something from and it came from Amazon. And I said, this was not the deal. And I want my money back. Did they give you like, money back? Yeah. I oh, was nice. like, there was, I was like, nothing on here said that this was going through Amazon. This is a company that I refuse to give money to. So the fact that it went through them is very upsetting to me. Yeah. But it's just like, you can't avoid that as hard. And I try hard, but like, you can't fucking well, avoid that. Well, again, and Amazon is more than just shipping packages. Yes. Like, Amazon Web Services, if that goes down, like most of your favorite websites aren't going to work for a while until it goes back up. This has real deal with the devil energy that we're going to talk about today. As much as I don't necessarily like ascribing the devil to, you know, like any like that seems like such a it's like calling someone Hitler on the Internet. Yeah. Just like, oh, I get it. But also at the same time, like this has real like we'll give you all this money. 
all you got to do is be nice to us while we commit horrible, horrible atrocities on entire genders and sexualities and people that disagree with us. Yeah. That's yeah, all you got to do, bud. Like it's, it's absolutely that. And I think the, the thing that makes me uncomfortable is like to hear yourself constantly say, well, this outlet's taking Saudi money. They're taking Saudi money. You start to kind of feel like that thing in the 80s where people were like, mm, that farm's owned by Iran. And it's like, this is different. Like, this isn't just about foreign investment. This is about a country that almost certainly had its hands in literally the biggest American tragedy of all time. Which is the irony is that they are so American in how they're doing business right now. And right. America's eating it up. And not just that, but the way like Trump, for example, or people who... With the globe, the glowing... Yeah. The like, glowing orb of evil. Like people who follow Trump and consider themselves patriots. How do you reconcile Saudi Arabia and that? Oh, they can. Yeah. You know I, they can. They sure can't. Well, I mean, for one thing, Iraq did 9-11. That's why we invaded. Oh, God. Immediately after 9-11. Our country is just, we're so screwed. Which that's one of the things. I don't know how familiar people are with the Saudi Arabia 9-11 connection also, but it's not conspiracy theory anymore. No, it's documented and it's like pretty clear that Saudi money funded 9-11. Yeah, there were, for one thing, I think it's 11 of the 13 hijackers were Saudis. But also after the 9-11 report came out for the longest time, there were like 28 pages that were classified. And everyone was adamant that those 28 pages were about Saudi involvement in 9-11. And those pages were eventually released and it was confirmed. That's what they were about. So when people say... Well, Saudi Arabia, like, kind of did 9-11. That's not conjecture anymore. Yeah. It's, it's like, just, no, they did it. They absolutely did that. And that's and, what makes this so different. Yeah. But also, I want to add, like, you could be like, 9-11. Are we going to get over it? Like, <laughs> it was 20-something years ago. And it's like, okay, fine. What about all of the other terrible things that they are doing? Yeah, they did also murder not only a journalist, but... A journalist who was an American citizen at the time. Yeah, we we talked about this on a show. The Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forget how we pronounce his name, but Khashoggi. Khashoggi or yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, they Kish, uh, not going to be around anymore. <laughs> they murdered that man on a Zoom call with his wife waiting outside. Yeah, and then they bought the PGA like. <laughs> Two years later, and we were just, like, just fine. good timing, guys. <laughs> That's fine. Just, bro, just broing out, hitting the Hooters with John Daly after live golf events. You think John Daly supports live golf? Absolutely. He better, he better not. Absolutely. Absolutely. How else is he going to get more Rolexes for his exes if That's he doesn't right. get fucking live money? Like to think that John Daly would have financial integrity is insane. True. True. Yeah, his, I mean, he does have sponsorship integrity in that he will only take money from people willing to give him money, and that is mostly Hooters. He let his son sign a sponsorship deal with Hooters at the age of 18. Could would have been 17 if he could. There's no way that doesn't involve like a fake ID for him to use at any Hooters all across the nation. Oh, yeah, he's got he's 
he's a Hooters non grata over there. <laughs> I don't know if people know, but there's a lawsuit happening right now between 9-11 victims, families and Saudi Arabia. And it's at a pretty crucial point where Saudi Arabia has argued that the U.S. doesn't have jurisdiction to deal with stuff like this. And if a judge goes for that, Saudi Arabia is probably never going to face any kind of consequences for 9-11. Would it be an American judge? Well, it's American courts, right? Yeah. So that's like weird. That's so weird because it's like, yeah, but the deck is pretty. It's like. Well, we'll link to an article about it. There was another ruling, I think, in Texas recently, of all places, where a judge was like, no, Saudi Arabia is right. You can't prosecute. And that was for a shooting that happened on an American military base. And the judge in America was like, nope, you can't sue Saudi Arabia for that. So who knows? Was the judge like right legally? Or was that like a... I didn't... Like I didn't... Or like go down Some, that rabbit hole. Like the next thing I have in the notes is that we'll probably do a whole episode about that lawsuit yeah. at some point. Can't say the Saudis. They're very good. They give us a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of oil is very good. And here's Better the thing. oil in Texas. You could be doing an impression of any U.S. president for like the past. Boy, do they years. love Saudi Arabia. Oh, they sure do. Every single one. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's because Americans need oil. And they are desperate for it and they want it. They fucking want they want it and they will give you drink. They they will fucking they will just three kings their way. Drink the oil, <laughs> my man. Drink the oil. Like we want like that's the thing, is like everybody's like they clutch their pearls, but they're like, but also I want to drive a Mustang. Right. Yeah. You know, like where do you go? Do you do you give up petroleum for your integrity? Of course that's not. The, that's the hard part. Yeah. And what's ironic about that is a lot of what Saudi Arabia is doing, at least in terms of what we're talking about today, is because oil is sort of falling by the wayside as a thing that economies can still depend on. And so they're starting to invest in everything. So when we say this episode is about Saudi money being pumped into professional sports, I know it's tempting to be like, well, I don't care because I don't care about professional sports. And my response to that, congratulations, you're so cool. Yeah, for one thing, yeah, congrats. You're the most advanced person who's ever listened to a podcast. <laughs> congratulations. But also my question would be, well, what do you like? Is it movies? Because Saudi Arabia is going to be getting into that too. It feels like they, doesn't it Saudi Arabia feel like they've had their hands in like a lot of movies? Maybe. Like even if you haven't seen it, you just be like, I don't know, man. It seems like Warner Brothers probably has like a secret Saudi amount of money. Yeah, I mean- Anything that makes the oil industry look good, I'm assuming they all kind of team up on that. Who knows? Yeah, that Mark Wahlberg movie where he fights the oil rig. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie, though. Yeah, well, you know, if he was on the planes of 9-11, so this was the closest thing he could do. That's the closest true. thing he could do to fighting 9-11 was fighting oil. <laughs> exactly. It's basically and, the same thing, all right? And this is more than just sports washing. That's the word that gets thrown around in terms of what Saudi Arabia is doing. And that's obviously part of it. It's a yeah, big sports big make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. Yes. And that's the bigger part of it. We'll get to that at the end. But this is more than just a sports story, which, by the way, you should check out. You don't even like sports a podcast hosted by myself and Jeff. That's all about how Saudi Arabia doesn't even like sports. Oh, they fucking love it. They love it because it makes some money. 
You know, one thing I found interesting in the notes here that I don't, or in the research that I don't think I put in the notes, live golf, like within Saudi Arabia, people have no knowledge of it. They don't give a shit about it. Why would they care? Yeah. They're not like Saudi Arabia is investing in global interests. They always have. That's their thing at this point in time. One of the things I noticed is that there are people in the UAE and Saudi Arabia that when I worked at the statue company, they would buy hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff at a time. Yeah. Just there was one guy, I forget if I I think he was in the Emirates, but he might have been in Saudi Arabia that bought 30 life sized like stormtrooper statues and those things are like eight grand a piece geez it's a bit of an it's a bit much that's a that's an investment that is an investment i think he wanted like an imperial army (laughs) who doesn't though and so let's talk about the story that inspired this episode i don't know anything about soccer but there are some pretty huge recognizable names that have popped up over the years diego maradona Maradona being one Listen of them. him on season four of You Don't Even Like Sports? Something like that. Lionel Messi, who just signed with Inter Miami of Major League Soccer and won, down for him, isn't it? won a match on the last play in his first match. Crazy, crazy. Such a story that I did not would watch. say it was a very messy game. Oh, come on, Jeff. What do you mean? Because his name is Messi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's fine. And here's the thing about all those big names. Saudi Arabia wants to sign all of them. They are deeply invested in professional soccer. The country's public investment fund. That's a very important player in this story. Piff. They own an 80% stake in Premier League team Newcastle United, which in the notes I have that it's kind of like if they owned a controlling stake in an NFL team. But I don't know why I put kind of. It's... Almost exactly like if they Except probably bigger. Yeah, maybe bigger. Yeah. Premier I mean, League soccer is so much bigger than football. Yeah. We Americans are so dumb to the size and scope of soccer. Oh, absolutely. Or football. Yeah, it's massive. There's even, there are commercials starring NFL players that are all about how the other football is like bigger than you could ever imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mahomes is on there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it is. It's kind of like if they own stake in a few NFL teams, Yeah, I guess. If they own stake in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And the PIF has also taken a controlling interest in four Saudi pro league teams, with one of them being a team called Al Nasser. And they're worth highlighting among the four. Sounds like a pitcher from the 50s. (laughs) A little bit. Oh, we got the cork ball from Al Nasser. <laughs> well, speaking of recognizable names, Al Nasser pulled off a goddamn coup earlier this year when they signed Cristiano Ronaldo, who, trust me, listeners, very big name. Very handsome. Very handsome guy. One of the biggest soccer players in all the land. Huge. It was a dramatic moment for soccer. And they've been kind of just doing that for a while now, trying to sign away big names. They've landed a few more, but they're like big soccer names, but not like Ronaldo big or Messi big. So if I mentioned them, people really aren't going to know who they are. I don't know who they are and I know everything. But what really inspired this episode 
is a player who turned down Saudi money. A little bit of money. Killian Mbappe. Do we have any Hanson jokes? Bop, bop, Mbappe. Scoop it up, soccer. He's really, really good. Like, real, real good. He's the captain of the French national team. He had a great showing in the World Cup. And he is in a downright pickle when it comes to his professional career. He's signed with a team called Paris Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain. No relation to the comedian. He has made it pretty clear that he wants to leave PSG at the end of his contract, which expires after the upcoming season because he wants to join Real Madrid. It's one of the big guys. Yeah, that's a really, really big team. And a real team. A reality big team. Shit. (laughs) And the thing is, if he does that, he has one more year on his contract. If he just plays that out and then leaves and signs with Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain is just giving him up without getting any compensation. Oh, so this is like when Blagojevich was when the senator space opened up when Obama got the presidency. Right, right. And Blagojevich is like, I got to get something for this. Yeah, he's like, I'm not just going to appoint somebody. And yeah, kind of the same thing. Paris Saint-Germain is like, well, if you're just going to leave at the end of your contract, we're going to put you up for sale, which is the actual term they use in professional soccer. Which You know, Europe might have been better than us about slavery for the most part, you know, Um, but they have not learned the lessons that we may have learned (laughs) from slavery. Yeah, especially not the aesthetic lessons. Being cooler about slavery back in the day has made you a little cringe now. (laughs) That being said, I I would say we probably have a couple more centuries of cringe to make up for. Yeah, yeah, we've been a little cringe in that department too. And so what their basic plan is, is to put Mbappe up for sale. And if there is no action in that regard, they're just going to bench him for- Which is stupid. It's stupid, it's petty, it's vindictive, and the worst part is it will still reflect more negatively on him than the team, because this is his hometown club, so if he, like, if they know he's just running out his contract with plans of his hometown club getting nothing in return, people are going to kind of turn on him. Which is weird, because, like, you should be turning on the team. But it's soccer. Yeah, they don't I work understand that. that but like, if you're a member of the Ultras and they're sitting the player that you're, it would be like sitting Michael Jordan or LeBron or something like, yeah, you know, like you're like, why are you doing this? I paid to see this player. And even if you're not going to keep them, then I want to see them now. Yeah. So by doing that, it's like kind of insane. Yeah, it it is crazy that fans would be mad at him for this, but From everything I've read, it seems like that is a real possibility. Also, he's known as a player who is kind of chasing records and things like that. And having him sit for a full season is going to put a a cramp in those aspirations also. So it's just revenge, basically. Those fucking French. And so now enter Saudi Arabia. The heroes of the story. (laughs) Oh, man. They came to the table with... It's not even a question of whether this is the craziest offer in sports history. They, for all intents and purposes, offered Kylian Mbappe $1 billion to play one season in Saudi Arabia. 
around God. 700 billion plus of that would go to him. They're as, spending like they won the Florida lottery. It's cr- like like they won the Florida lottery two months in a row. The other like 300 million of that would go to Paris St. Germain as like compensation for losing Kylian Mbappe. To put that in perspective. So it's going to be about, about $700 million. It's about $700 million. One season of sport. For one season. And to put that in perspective, LeBron James has earned around $430 million in salary money over the course of his entire career. And he's been in the NBA 20 seasons. So this is them offering Mbappe not just more money than LeBron has made in his entire career. Almost double. Yeah, significantly more for one season. And Kylian Mbappe refused to speak to them. Fuck yeah, dude. God, I love that. That is so fucking great. You know why, though? Think it does make sense. Because what is he chasing? You just said it. He's chasing a legacy. Yeah. And if you have a let, like, when you think about, like, Muhammad Ali, right? Muhammad Ali was not the greatest boxer of all time. He just wasn't. No. Yet, there is a mystique about him. Where was he? Because he had integrity. He refused to fight in Vietnam because he didn't see that. Like, the man had integrity. And obviously, he was brilliant and pretty and talented. But, like, the yeah. integrity thing is really carrying a lot of the weight. And yeah. that, that you know, nobody remembers Muhammad Ali really negatively. And that's the thing. Like, Kylian Mbappe can rest easy knowing that when he dies, we're not going to be like this fucking sellout over here. You know, so what? He doesn't make $700 million playing there and he only makes, what, $300 million somewhere else? That's still generational wealth for eternity. Yeah, that's the thing. At some point, there really is enough money. No one needs $700 million for one year's work. And if you get it, you should damn sure be given a bunch of it away. Like, it says so much about him that, like, no matter what the reasoning, even if it wasn't political, even if he was just like, I don't want to play soccer somewhere that fucking hot. Like, no matter what the reasoning to give up that amount of money, especially when we get into talking about what we're going to talk about next, like, that says so much about him as a person, which... Damn, it would be nice if there were more examples of that in sports. But there's not. There's not. And someone, uh, one of the things that was pointed out in this is that the the group he's going to face the most heat from over this is the ultras of this team. Apparently, they are especially aggressive and will not For those of you that don't know what ultras are because you somehow don't listen and you don't even like sports, one... What the H is wrong with you? Go listen to it. Uh, and two, those are the boosters. Is that, mm-hmm. is that the best way to put it? They're the boosters. Yeah. It's like if sports fans were sometimes a militia. Yeah. Which, the, hool- the, the organized hooligans, folks. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. The difference between hooligans and ultras is basically politics. Is ultras it- get into politics. Hooligans just want to fight. I'm pretty which, sure that's how it works. Respect. Yeah, exactly. So now let's talk about what I would argue is the absolute flip side of the Killian Mbappe story, which is 9-11, <laughs> the PGA and live golf. The We opened some packs of PGA 
cards, not some 2001 PGA cards, if I recall, right? Yes. And 911 cards. A Tiger Woods card from one of those packs is in the mystery packs that you can buy at you don't show dot link slash store. But there will be more information about that on the Patreon. Anyway, 2021, a new golf league was formed. Live Golf. We've Live, discussed it. We've Yeah, we talked about it. It's the uh, Live is the Roman numeral for 54, which is the number of holes that are played at Live events. And it's also the score if every hole on a par 72 course was birdied. But I didn't have to tell every, anyone that. Everyone and knows. It's the first three letters of Livestrong. And Steven Tyler's kid's name. Yeah. Yeah. Liv Tyler is a huge ambassador for Liv Golf. <laughs> Former pro golfer Greg Norman was named the CEO of this new endeavor. With his cool hats. His cool hats, his swanky Australian accent. His shark logo. His weathered, leathery skin. His, his brutal, <laughs> thick, leathery, musky, crocodile Dundee skin. Just sun-tanned, leathered skin. But Looks like an apple doll. <laughs> he's the CEO, but the funding for Live Golf comes from the Saudi Public Investment Fund. The same Never group a secret. that's putting that money yeah. into professional soccer and yeah it was like we knew right away that was right in the headline greg norman starting golf league backed by saudi famed saudi greg norman and hello I, there this is my accent from mecca and i don't remember if it was him or phil mickelson or both who right away when people questioned them about this they were like eh, lots of countries got blood on their hands you know not wrong. I guess if you're playing for America, you also don't have a lot of legs to stand on, too. Right. Like, we've done worse than 9-11. We've absolutely done worse than 9-11, but... There's a movie out about it right now. But there's that's also a pretty weak defense, I think. Like It's, it's, it's you think you're Teflon by saying that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like not... Like, I, I would also have preferred that we didn't drop nuclear weapons on Japan, you know? Like, yeah. you don't so have be like, to support oh, so you'd take a, any of that. Yeah, you'd be like, so you take a North Korean opportunity as well? What do you mean? What? It's like, oh, the, you if, if like North Korea started a golf league, you'd be like, let's do this. Yeah, that's the thing. Or would you not? Or like, what if it was Trump who started it? The Saudi Arabia of people. <laughs> Kinda. We got all this money, no morals. So at first, the PGA tried all sorts of strategies to keep players from defecting to live golf. Yeah. And Remember when this was happening? Because we, we did a show, we did an episode about it. And it was like, you're watching it. You're like, the PGA, you guys are being dicks. Yeah, it's a real catch 22. Because on the one hand, you know, fuck Saudi Arabia. But the things the PGA did, they like threatened to outright ban players from the PGA if they played in live golf events. And it's like, where is that in the contract? Like players stray outside the PGA to play random ass events all the time. On what grounds are you allowed to stop them from doing this? And that's that's kind of the awkward corner you're painted into with this story. It's like, it sucks, but there's nothing stopping Saudi Arabia from doing it. Like, so now we have like ABA to NBA energy here where they're yes. just like, I don't have the energy for this. Let's just fucking merge. And that's the thing. It 
kind of speaks to how not strong the PGA was at the time this happened. Like they were ripe for someone setting up another league and being like, hey, you want to come make as much money to play like a fraction of the events each year? Because that was the other thing. Like the PGA Tour is grueling. The Live Golf Tour, I think, was like eight or nine events. And you made basically the same money. You play less holes per event. It's like (laughs) (laughs) holes. They're putting balls in holes. Why would I want to play less holes, Adam? (laughs) (laughs) Holes is like like body holes. Yeah. 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 That was fun. That was a fun riff. Thank you. I'm glad we could do this. So, yeah, the PGA was really up against it. Because players were like, fine, ban me. I will cherish all of this extra time that I get to spend with my family while still being a professional golfer and taking no hit income wise. Yeah. I'll make a lateral move except have a better life. Yeah. So like, And it's provided to me by the people that did 9-11. <laughs> That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. What would you do in the comments? We want to know. <laughs> like, I yeah. honestly do. Like, what would you would you take it? Yeah. If you could take a job where you work, I would say maybe 15 to 20% of the amount and get the exact same amount of money, but the person that is employing you is a human rights violation, would you do it? Yeah. Sound off in the comments. I think we can actually add a poll question. On Spotify, you can, yeah. On Spotify. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sound off on the Spotify poll. You want that Saudi money? Yeah, why don't you get up on our Spotify poll? <laughs> Let us know that you think you want that Saudi money, baby. You want it? Jeff, Tell it's not that kind it. of poll. It's not. Oh, Mm-mm. this is yeah. so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I worked Fuck at the poll, though, when I worked at Playboy, I ran a comedy website of theirs called The Smoking Jacket, and we would put up polls. And the, the title I came up with for them was Smoking Poll. Because <laughs> the smoking jacket, you get it. <laughs> They got the bit, right? <laughs> they have, it's Playboy. They absolutely yeah. got the bit. Because that's brilliant. Thank you. Too bad so, I hate you. <laughs> so the PGA, for about a year, they tried to fight off Live Golf. And then... Not working very well. Not working. Players like were... Trying to fight the tides. Yeah, it's, it's a really hard thing to fight when, yeah, people are coming at you like, hey, I'm doing a fraction of the work for the same money. What do you have to say for yourself? And what the PGA had to say for themselves was, don't do that, or you don't get to play here. Not a hero in the story. So, of course, the PGA eventually merged with Live Golf. We found that out earlier this month. I think the Justice Department is still kind of investigating it, so I don't know if it's completely gone through. I've got huge news for you about the Justice Department investigating things involving Saudi Arabia. It yeah. doesn't matter what they figure out. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, the Justice Department isn't exactly going to be like real magnifying glass out some Saudi shit. They're going to be like, yeah, we found out it absolutely was yeah. a terrible thing. And uh, good luck with it. 9-11 families signed off on this. Crazy. Yeah. And there are a couple things that are especially sad about the PGA merging with Live Golf in the way they did. For one thing, the investment they're getting from the public investment fund, right around $1 billion. So they sold out as an entire league for right around the same money Saudi Arabia was willing to give one guy for one season. Have some goddamn self-esteem, professional golf. (laughs) Like, know your worth. Also, when the government naturally had questions about this arrangement, 
and asked the PGA to come talk to them. Among others, the PGA sent a guy named Jimmy Dunn, who was a PGA Tour Policy Board member. He was speaking to the Senate's Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. And the thing about Jimmy Dunn, and this did come up in this meeting in front of the Senate, is that he worked in the Twin Towers when 9-11 happened. He lost 66 co-workers on 9-11. And Jeff, ask me why he wasn't at work on 9-11. Adam, was he flying a plane on 9-11? Even better, he was playing golf. Oh, it was a perfect guy to work for PGA, baby. He said it was a cloudless, sunny day, and he decided to call in and go play some golf. Imagine his wife. If she didn't know he was fucking playing hooky. Where are you? I'm at the office. (laughs) You sure? Yeah, man. How's it going over there? (laughs) It's fucking warm, but yeah. Yeah. Summer in New York. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, you know, Indian summer. (laughs) What are you going to do? So like golf saved his life on 9-11 and now he's selling golf to the people who did 9-11. Jimmy Dunn's a fucking traitor. Like Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn should be looking at these people and be like, remember when you guys tried to kill me? He should be fucking ashamed of himself. And then when this came up in this hearing, someone from the Senate was like, hey, what about Saudi involvement in 9-11? You ever heard anything about that? And he was like, I don't think they were involved in 9-11. At which point, Brett Eagleson, head of a group called 9-11 Justice. What do they do? <laughs> probably not as much as they wish they could. He walked up to Dunn from out of the audience and placed a stack of redacted documents about Saudi involvement in 9-11 on his desk in the middle of this hearing. And again, it probably relates to those 28 pages in the 9-11 report, which very clearly spell out that there was at least some level of Saudi government involvement. Yeah, Jimmy Dunn was the broker of this deal. Yeah. Like, it is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah I'm, I was looking I was looking up all his like all like his stuff on social media and stuff. And, and it's it is wild, like all the things that they did on this merger to make it work. And woof. yeah. And to be that personally involved in 9-11, but to also be like, yeah, we should probably partner up with Saudi Arabia now. It's insane to me. And I bet I bet Jimmy Dunn was so anti-Muslim after 9-11. Oh, yeah. I bet if we go scroll back and look at his Internet searches. Yeah, I guarantee he was very pro Bush in the Middle East after 9-11. But now there's all that money, though. He he has no interest in Middle Eastern Bush. Yeah. And now Saudi Arabia gets to be like 9-11. We didn't do 9-11. We have a 9-11 friend right here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who 11? Yeah. (laughs) If we did 9-11. I've never heard of it. We we did what? If we did 9-11, would Jimmy Dunn be here? And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Good if job. we did 9-11, would you still be accepting our money? <laughs> Ooh, yikes. So now let's talk about the WWE partnership. They are the, the OGs when it comes to teaming up with the Saudi government. They are BFFs. Yeah. They I know up. what you're thinking. Vince McMahon, certainly not the P.T. Barnum of sports entertainment. I'll do anything for a buck, but let me tell you. Shocking turn of events. But speaking yeah. of somebody who narrowly avoided antitrust laws. Yeah. I mean, this guy was just 
scooping up wrestling promotions in the 80s with his father. Yeah, they the WWE signed a 10-year pact with Saudi Arabia in 2018. And this despite all the human rights bullshit, for one, but also like WWE, very, very heavy female presence. In the female league. presence is the highest it's ever been. Yeah. Real and, superstars. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at first, most of them couldn't wrestle in Saudi Arabia because, you know, they're women. Adam, side note, you should Google Rhea Ripley and just look at her. Hey. R-H-E-A Ripley, because she has created a monumental wave of thirst that has come across every fan of the WWE, both men and women. Yeah. The, she there's just she looks something like Marilyn Manson a little bit. She looks like a very sexy, thick, powerful Marilyn Manson in lady form. <laughs> and buddy, let me tell you, I, I don't watch a lot of modern wrestling, but I watched one one time. It was like a Royal Rumble or something. I was like, who is that? And everyone's like, ah, yes, Jeff discovered Rhea Ripley. Has she ever been allowed to wrestle in Saudi Arabia, I wonder? I don't know if she did. I know that once they finally approved of them, they had to wear full body suits. Yeah, yeah. They weren't allowed to show any skin or else they would get murdered. Yeah, I sure Zoom hope. Call I or sure a Peacock live stream, whichever. I sure hope there are no homosexual professional wrestlers, but I'm sure there aren't. No such thing. Yeah, absolutely no such thing. Banned it's like there have the never WWE been any gay team. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Also banned in the WWE. So, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. that's the other thing. I don't know if we even mentioned that. Like being gay is just like illegal in Saudi Arabia. They like straight they up yeah. punish you for it. Like jail time, lashes, things like that. Just jail time for enjoying a nice D. Right. Or a nice sit back. Yeah. Sit back and just hot summer day. <laughs> crack open a nice cold D. So they yeah, take that from you. One of the articles that we'll link to about the WWE arrangement with Saudi Arabia, and I think this stands for any professional sports league that enters into an agreement with that or like that. It's really a disservice to the fans. And it's a disservice to the fans because of the position it puts them in. Like people don't want to support Saudi Arabia. Like, and you kind of are just de facto by supporting any sports league that takes their money. And what a, what a pickle. And that, that shouldn't be on the consumer. That shouldn't be the choice the consumer has to make. Yeah, It's important to note, Adam, that there is an entire Wikipedia page that is wikipedia.org slash wiki slash WWD underscore in underscore Saudi underscore Arabia. There's a whole wikipedia page just about the wwe in saudi arabia with their crown jewel event being the big deal most wrestling pundits believe uh, and it has been quoted as saying in the wrestling observer that it is the quote most disgusting promotional tactic award of both 2018 and 2019 that makes sense yeah it's really gross especially with a woman component like that you would force your fucking employees like your athletes your stars to have to submit to the demands of a regime like that just so you can make more money as if the wwe doesn't make enough money already yeah there's a lot of people that straight up refuse like shout out there are some wrestlers that straight up refused to do that uh sammy zayn as a wrestler of syrian descent you can figure that one out 
Um, there's an Israeli wrestler named Noam Dar. One of the guys, Daniel Bryan, who is like a very well-known, likable guy. Everybody really likes him. And yeah. that dude just straight up refused to work in Saudi because of the Khashoggi thing. Yeah. John Cena did the same thing, although he had previously was like, I cannot wait to compete. It's an honor. And, a pro and then the Khashoggi thing, he's like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the guy that like announced the death of bin Laden. Like that's Mr. Fake Military. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was like, well, I'm going. And then the Khashoggi thing happened and he was like, nope. Roman Reigns, uh, another big name in the WWE, said that he was absolutely not going. Um, there's a lot of people that really just were like, nope. Not doing it, not going, and shout out to them. Yeah. Goldberg I did, didn't want to go. I did read a thing, I think, that Sami Zayn did recently. I know he and Kevin o Kevin Owens was his best friend, and they, like, backed out. I don't know. Did he? Did Sami Zayn go? Yeah, it says uh, he was a guest on After the Bell with Corey Graves and spoke about his appearance at Night of oh, Champions, Jetta, which is yeah. the first Saudi Arabia card he's appeared at. Yeah. And what's crazy is, uh, I don't know if this is the same podcast, but... I read an article about another podcast he went on where he talked about him not performing in Saudi Arabia and him finally performing in Saudi Arabia. And the, the point of the article was that his comments about Saudi Arabia were up for about four hours. And then that podcast was mysteriously edited to remove him talking about Saudi Arabia. Weird. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. It's like Goldberg, you you know, Bill Goldberg, right? You're of familiar course. With yeah. Like he, he's done it. Like he's like very Jewish and he's like, let's fucking do it. Like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, I was a little scared about going over there, you know? And it's oh, like, wow. dude, they're having, they're having you come over and dance. Just dance. Yeah. They yeah. don't, they're not going to be mean to you because you're Jewish because they only care about you dancing your little dance. So go ahead. Do the spear, do the do the pile driver thing <laughs> and uh, wear your little tights and have fun because you have sold out the entirety of your heritage. There was a very big rumor in January that people seem to still be looking into, which is that um, the PIF bought the WWE from the McMahon family for about six and a half b -b -b billion dollars. And a, like it was this big thing where people were like sharing it and explain and being like, this is a real deal. This is a thing that happened. And then other people were coming back and being like, oh, it's actually not confirmed. And so far, it doesn't seem like that's the case, but it still could be the case. It's the most believable rumor I've ever heard. It is. Yeah, I didn't find anything confirming it either, but I no. wouldn't be surprised at all. No. So now yeah. let's talk about boxing. Hell yeah, let's talk about boxing. This one's interesting to me because of any athlete taking that blood money, I kind of feel like I can see it the most from a boxer. Because that's blood money anyway. Yeah, that's the one thing. It's already blood money, but also they're like, okay, so I can fight like one time and... Yeah, protect my brain forever. Yeah, yeah okay. pretty much retire. Like that, some of these fighters we're going to talk about, that's kind of the exact position they're in. Where it's like, oh, you're going to give me more money than I've ever made in my entire fighting career to go get my brains beat in by Tyson Fury? Sure. Yeah, right. Love to. One of the first endeavors between boxing and Saudi Arabia was a 2019 fight between Andy Ruiz Jr. and Anthony Joshua. Took place in the ancient Saudi Arabian city of Dinya on the outskirts of Riyadh. Uh, Diria? Oh, Diria. Yeah. I'm reading from an angle. That's okay. Fuck you. 
to correct hey, me in on, public. Man. And again, this comes down to Saudi Arabia paying people more money than they've ever made. Anthony Joshua made 60 million euros for this That's one fight. $800 million. <laughs> That's a lot of money for one fight. You're a lot of money. I would retire. I would quit. Yeah, that's people don't get into boxing so they can make enough money to quit at that level. There, I mean, some people do, but like a lot of people are like, well, look, I just want to keep doing this because I have that competitive spirit. Yeah. And the thing about boxing, it's not what it used to be in this country. Like it definitely doesn't have the fandom or viewership that it used to have. So from that perspective, I can see it too. But also, Saudi Arabia is not the only country with money in the world. Go play in Russia like Brittany Griner did. Yeah, that things will go great. <laughs> yeah, that that is. It's also like boxing is one of those things where it's like promotions are what they are. And it's usually between like a promoter and two people. Yeah. Whereas like with the WWE, it's Vince like, all right, everybody, we're going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> You're like, we, we are. Like, it's not like a your job, th you know, it's like yeah. this is a little bit different because it's two individuals making a decision. And what's interesting also about boxing as it relates to Saudi Arabia is it seems like this is one case where Saudi Arabia is kind of making boxing worse. In the other instances, it's just more that they're investing money and that money is of a questionable origin. Mm -hmm. But. With boxing, it seems like they're holding up some really important things, such as an undisputed heavyweight champion. Jeff, talk about that. Undisputed uh, essentially means that you have unified all belts. Yes. In your weight class, that there is nobody that could that has a belt that you would compete with. Yeah. And right now we don't have that. We have not had that in boxing since Lennox Lewis. Shout out to the Klitschko's for being cowards. Yeah. Is that what it was? Did, did they just not want to fight each other? They didn't want to fight each other, yeah. Oh, fuck that. Vladimir and Vitaly, they each had belts, and they were like, well, I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm not going to try to ruin my brother's career. And also, Vladimir would have killed Vitaly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Lennox Lewis was the last one, and that's a good last one to have. Like, yeah. Lennox Lewis, I don't think people appreciate Lennox Lewis for how much of an unbelievable physical specimen he is. Yeah. Like his hand was like the size of a magazine. And he's got that British accent too. Yeah. He's the, he's the gentleman brawler. Yeah. He's like, like bruv. The amount of power that came off of a Lennox Lewis. There's a reason that he dismantled Mike Tyson. Yeah. He fucked Mike Tyson up. There's a reason that, and that, that's like the only hiccup he ever had was a very controversial call in a fight with um, Evander Holyfield. Oh Yeah. And everybody, everybody that watched it was like, no, no, like, absolutely not. Yeah. Lennox Lewis was unbeatable. He was so good that they put him in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, that's right. With uh, Vladimir Klitschko. The description of events is actually kind of boring and just involves negotiations happening slowly or grinding to a halt. But it's again, Saudi investment money and disputes over who gets the biggest chunk of it that is keeping the fight to unify the heavyweight titles around someone's ripped torso or Tyson Fury's torso. That man from is a freak of nature. He sure is. Did you ever see him get up on nine? Did you ever see that video? Uh-uh. 
where he gets knocked down. And I think it was uh, by Wilder and oh. it looked like he was done. And he like he's getting the eight count and he's on his back. And by nine, he's standing up being like, let's go. It's an, yeah. and then and then proceeded to dismantle Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury, if you guys want to see what a professional boxer who knows how to move Tyson Fury moves like Muhammad Ali did. Right. Like he he slips and and rolls and like it's not just the power that he has, which is unbelievable, but he's such a huge target and he is he slips so he he slips like Mayweather. You know who he reminds me of is Nikola Jokic. Like Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Jokic is like he's slow, like he can barely jump and he cannot be stopped. Like yeah. he is he is also an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. Although I don't know if I'd call Tyson Fury slow. Like no, his no. he's so like when you see him do his like jabs and throw like a straight right or like a cross or whatever, and you're like how how he is looks this man like he should be slow. yes he looks like butterbean yes yes he looks a lot like butterbean which that's another one that you know if he could move he would have been pretty dominant but he was yeah. just a big target like yeah tyson Fury's fury un, he's unbelievable yeah and the thing is he has he has one belt right i think he has like two i think i think, he, I think one of them has three belts alexander Usyk who is uh Ukrainian. He has don't the want other to fight belt. him. You don't want to do that's like rubbing salt in a wound. <laughs> exactly. And everyone wants these two to fight, but it's been negotiations about who gets more of that Saudi money because it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia it seems that has been holding that up. But one of the other things that's been holding it up is Tyson Fury doesn't want to go into that fight having taken an entire year off. He wanted a fight in between that and Usyk. And he has, it seems, gotten that fight with MMA star Francis Ngannou, who Ooh. is going to get the brakes beaten off of him by Tyson Fury. I think Ngannou currently holds the world record for hardest punch in the world. He's still going to get fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's a different thing. Ngannou, I think he famously, didn't he like punch Brandon McGeary in the in a cup as hard as he could on Jackass Forever. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. And it just like ruined his life. That guy's probably got testicular cancer now from that punch. Yeah. And again, oh, so, so he did so Fury had 3 and then was stripped uh he was stripped of them when he stopped fighting and remember he came and he like came back and rebounded. Oh yeah. Yeah. So either way, one of them has some belts, the other has the other belts. And if they just fought, one person would have all those belts. And we would have a unified champion again, an undisputed heavyweight champion again for the first time since Lennox Lewis. And it's so far not happening. But Fury v. Nganu. Also, Saudi money did bring us Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. That's all right. So Jake Paul pretty. has fought in Saudi Arabia in two different sports. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest i believe because i believe he fought in one of the crown jewels if i recall yeah jake paul teaming up with saudi arabia is that's the that's one of those things where you're like i wouldn't even i'm not even mad about that i i don't picture this guy to have any integrity i also don't hate him the way a lot of people do uh, i as an athlete i think he's quite an uh, quite a freak yeah i mean he yeah. takes boxing seriously he's yeah he's not fucking around 
he also seems like an asshole, but saying yeah. he's not have you ever seen his like you haven't but like his wrestling stuff he did a thing where he like jumped halfway across the ring off of the rope like he like sprung on the ropes and jumped halfway across it's impressive you're impressive thank you <laughs> wait no that's not what i meant i'm feeling pretty good about it adam is there anybody uh are there any other sports that might be dealing with this oh but wait we should mention Francis Ngannou, the reason he's taking this fight. I mean, he probably expects he's going to win. He's a professional athlete. I hope he's going in expecting he's going to win. But he is also making, once again, more money in this one fight than he made at all during his entire UFC career. They didn't put an exact amount on it yet, but they will. Saudi Arabia likes to tell people how much money they're paying when asked if Francis would be making more in this fight than he's made in his career, his representative, one, according to this reporter, reacted like it was a legitimately silly question and then said, oh, my God, I mean, by far, by multiples, by far. Yeah, correct. And like, what do you want Francis and Ganu to do in that situation? That's hard to turn down. Yeah, there's a quote about this, which is. Hopefully these fighters will start thinking about making history instead of just more money. Besides, even more money comes with making history. And that's bruv Lennox, Lennox Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. And that is King Charles. That's a good quote. It's a good yeah. quote. No, he, but he makes a point because he was a big Muhammad Ali fan. And he knows yeah. what comes from that. Yeah. So, yeah, now all of this has people asking if America's major sports leagues might be susceptible to what happened to the PGA, for example. It seems like the NBA is most primed for it, especially if you I take... I mean, they, they will sell to anybody. Yeah. The only, the only hitch, though, is the NBA has a cap on what percentage of a team foreign money can own, and it's like 5%. So mm. Saudi Arabia is not going to get in just by like buying a team or something they're gonna have to like set up a competing league yeah they're gonna have to buy a league instead of a team and like every time i hear myself say that i picture well no one's gonna want to go play basketball in saudi arabia as if that's how live golf happened like live golf had events all around the united states like they could just as easily invest in like the fucking three-on-three -three league or something and pump a shit ton of money into that or just start their own league in the United States. You know what they should do? And one mixtapes. I mean, those are a proven effective strategy in promoting basketball wares. Those were fun. Oh, they were great. Have you seen the documentary about them? I sure have. It's so good. They were it's just so like, we were just doing like Globetrotter shit to sell sneakers and shirts. It was amazing. I love that documentary. But yeah, it would have to be that. They'd have to start a league and then start signing big name players. But man, judging from NBA player Twitter after the Killian Mbappe news, seems like it might fucking work. There was actually a poll that someone put out uh, asking people who they thought would be the first NBA player to sign with Saudi Arabia for that kind of money. Jeff, who do you think they picked? I would pick, think they would pick LeBron. Mm. James Harden. Yeah, he seems to. He, that's the only place he hasn't played at this point. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Him or Kyrie Irving. I could see. He's also. got that beard. He does. Yeah, he fit in. Yeah. LeBron James tweeted a thing. It was like a gif of Forrest Gump running. And it was like me when Saudi Arabia offers me that one year deal. 
And I don't know. I find that kind of disappointing a little. Th- but here's the thing. Here's the thing about LeBron that I think is important is that dude has done a lot for the community. And it does remind me of, have you ever seen that interview with Steve Irwin where he's like, oh, I love money, mate. I can't get enough of it. And you know what I'm doing with it? I'm buying land for conservation and wildlife protection. He's like, And he's like, talks about, he's like, what do I need a gold dunny and, and a huge house for? I don't need that. And he's yeah. like, I don't care where I get the money. He's like, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to use it for good. And like... I don't know. Like, I understand that. I, I'm, I'm of both sides because, you know, when you look at what LeBron's done with like schooling and like helping out the people and especially the youth in in underserved areas, like maybe he'll use that for good. But also it's not entirely selfless. Yeah. And it I don't know. I, I do feel like there has to be a point where it's like, but you already have so much money. Like you have enough money to do all the things you want to do. It's not like LeBron's waiting for his next paycheck so he can start his next school or foundation. Like he's already got that. Like he doesn't need that Saudi money to do those things. And especially with the NBA and the WNBA being so tied together and the WNBA has a pretty significant LGBTQ community oh yeah just a small percentage players yeah just a little a small 60 to 80 percent of their players and i feel like you know where's the solidarity there like it just please <laughs> bitch please adam there's yeah. no the solidarity with the wnba i don't know if you've heard <laughs> about the wnba in the news in the past couple of years but uh not a lot of solidarity happening there yeah yeah it is interesting because like you think about like w- with LeBron too, like th- it's always steered towards Michael. Everybody always like LeBron is he the, is he the goat? Was Michael the goat? Michael would have gone to Saudi Arabia immediately. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. Michael would have been like, fuck yeah. And they'd be like, what about the human rights violations? And he'd be like, fuck those human rights violations. Yeah. He'd be like people who violate human rights by night. By sneakers, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with the NFL. Like, for this to happen to the NFL, it would take Saudi Arabia setting up a competing league and an uh, and a pretty big air conditioned dome. Right. Well, again, it's because we're picturing, well, who's going to want to put on football pads and go play in the desert in Saudi Arabia? They could just invest in the USFL a bunch like the USFL. Yeah. Well, either one WWE connection, but the USFL until legitimately until Trump stepped in and fucked everything up, they were doing really well in terms of competing with the NFL because they were only competing for talent. They weren't going up against them in terms of ratings and like, well, we want to play at the exact same time. They got in their own fucking lane and they started signing Herschel Walker, Jim Kelly, Doug Flutie, Steve Young, all these huge players to the point where they probably would have naturally merged with the USFL. They had an ABA, uh, NBA scenario happening. Yeah, but Trump fucked it up and got too aggressive and tried to take him to court. And he won, but the judge awarded him a dollar. And so, like, that's how it would have to work with the NFL. But the USFL is back. Baby, in some ways, it never left. It it left for a while. It left for quite a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a set of USFL cards. I had a fucking Herschel Walker rookie in it. Sold him in my teens. Still regret yeah. it. 
Actually, no, I don't regret that. I don't want Walker rookie card. Yeah, I don't want that blood money either. Yeah. (laughs) I sold it when my conscience was clear. You're like, here's where the brain damage started on this cardboard (laughs) rectangle. So, yeah, I don't. There is a, a Mike Florio interview out there where they bring this up and he's like, oh, you think the NFL won't team up with Saudi Arabia? People used to say that about gambling, too. Okay, Sports Center. You know, I haven't had ESPN for a while, but we got like live Hulu. So SportsCenter is on a lot and I'll have it on. And like there are entire segments of SportsCenter dedicated to sports gambling now. Oh, yeah. And like I was watching that and being like, I was like, I think I'm offended. I was like, this is not what you guys should really be talking about, but it is what people want to see. So I'm like sitting there and I'm just like, ESPN, what are you doing? Company owned by Disney. Yeah. You're being unethical. If you get into like ESPN News or ESPN2, they have entire shows that yeah, are just about seen. sports gambling. And I hate them so much. Like I don't, I've never looked into what any of that means. I just recently learned like what over under is saying. Oh, yeah. Like nine and a half points. Well, that means are they going to score nine or ten? Or nine or, yeah. No one can score nine and a half. Well, you just learned about that now. Yeah, because I, I don't some, give a shit about sports yeah. gambling. Like, I've never some, been into it. I did it. some degenerate sports gambling in high school. Yeah. Yeah, and I never got into it. Made some money. You know who made me a lot of money? The Packers. Oh, I could I see that. I ended up winning in high school like a couple hundred dollars off of a Packers game. Why? Were you betting they'd get bounced in the NFC Championship? This, Because that's always a safe bet. It was the year before they won. They beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. So... Why is Saudi Arabia doing this? There's sports washing is the thing that always comes up. And that's obviously one aspect of it. Sports is a great distraction. It makes people forget about your human rights violations. If you can just stage a human rights violation between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou in your country and let people pay to watch it. Like, yeah, that's that's way better. But we'll link to a new Republic article that goes into a whole bunch of detail about how this is more than just sports washing. Here's a quote. It's not only sport. Saudi Arabia is investing huge amounts of money in 14 or 15 different sectors, including alternative energy sources, tourism infrastructure, even in their movie industry. End quote. So pretty much anything they see as a means of making money off of something other than oil, they're getting into. They got to figure it out. And so like, yeah, if you if you're not a sports fan, it probably doesn't matter to you that they're pumping all this money into sports, but it's probably coming for the thing you love next. A lot of movies are co-produced by China. Right. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but you'll notice that, you know, how in the beginning of the movies, there's always also LeBron. LeBron has his fingers in so many movies. Have you yeah. noticed that when you go to the movies and Braun shows up and like, you know, how they do the 19 different, you know, Amblin Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Paramount. Braun. And then you'll see shit where it's like Golden Sun. And you're like, Gold- yeah. Wait, well, who's that? He's a producer on The Wall, which is the game show that. Another assist to Dwayne Wade, right? No, The Wall is hosted by Chris. What's the nerdist guy's name? Oh, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. Yeah. I've spit on his car before. He hosts it. But in the intro for like one second, LeBron James pops on screen and is like, good luck, motherfuckers, or something like that. Yeah. And then 
you never see him again. But I always like to imagine that when people go in the hole on that show, it's like <laughs> that person owes LeBron $2 million. Shit. Fuck. He comes there to break you. He, Forrest yeah. Gump runs his way over to you to kick your <laughs> ass for that money. Yeah. He doesn't stay rich by not collecting that fucking wall money from contestants. So, yeah, this is more Saudi Arabia is more just trying to diversify their portfolio on the world stage. Like all they're about to lose a lot of their income. Yeah. Like oil is going to go away at some point and alternative energy sources are a thing. So this is really just Saudi Arabia doing business and putting their money in things that they know make money and sports make money. So they're getting into sports and yeah, like the United States is also a pretty big creep on the world stage. I would like to add Saudi Arabia getting into sports, even though they don't even like sports. Right. Except, no, except like fine. gay bashing and <laughs> yeah, well that yeah. oppressing women, right? Women can drive now though. Come on. Do you know why? Yeah, because men didn't want to fucking drive. That's exactly right. They it was like, inconvenient for men. Yeah. Bullshit. My wife should be able to drive me to my mistress's house. Fuck this. So Saudi Arabia is just in general trying to change their image on the world stage while also sometimes dismembering a journalist <laughs> on a Zoom call. Like, come on. What do you expect us not to dismember a journalist? Yeah. Come on. We're, we're the 9-11 guys. But try not to remember the 9-11 thing. Yeah. Please forget 9-11. I know you were told not to, but trust us. If, yeah. If you You're going to need to if you want to enjoy anything yeah. from now on. If you want football in the fall. You're yeah. going to have to forget. Never forget, unless you're a fan of like WWE or boxing or MMA or movies or yeah, just probably football music. I'm sure it'll come from music podcasts. Driving your car. You might want to yeah. forget about it if you drive. I'm sure I'm sure Saudi Arabia will buy something that we use to make these podcasts and we'll absolutely we'll have to have that moral quandary, too. But that's the world we live in, you know, also. Another thing this New Republic article pointed out, it's not just money, it's also power a little bit. Because, again, think about murdering an American citizen in I do. the all Turkish the embassy. Yeah, I think about it all the time. And then buying an American sports league a couple years later. That's a big dick energy right there. That sure is. I wonder what is the ETA on Saudi Arabia breaking the writer's strike? And oh, yeah. Like, They'll be like, we'll, we'll unionize all you want, except the women. Yeah, they'll be like, hey, we'll make come over here. We'll make movies. It'll be like it'll be like uh, Hollywood in the 70s. There's yeah. like, hey, man, you can make whatever you want. Just, you know, women can't. <laughs> exactly. Asterisk by that. So, yeah, Saudi Arabia is everywhere. They're our biggest. They're, they're kind of our only ally in the Middle East. I mean, like, Israel. Well, oh, yeah. Israel. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Israel. But Saudi Arabia, they... They got that oil. They got that sexy, sexy oil. And we need it. So we're not ever going to be mean to them. Ever. We, we just, we need it, baby. We need that oil. I Put do, it in our fucking veins. I do want to follow up on that 9-11 lawsuit. Because for one thing, it's not getting a lot of media attention. But why would it? It's only 9-11 and people suing one government. That's for boring. Yeah. God, 9-11 was like 20 years ago. Yeah. It's something new to care about. Another thing I found when I was looking into that aspect of it that makes me want to make that a whole separate episode, there was some Yahoo News reporter who released a story about 
how the FBI is pressuring people to testify against Saudi Arabia for 9-11. And he got taken to court and it was ruled that he like violated some sort of fucking laws or rules by reporting that story. And he was like, how is that not news? That (laughs) makes it seem like the FBI is pretty confident that Saudi Arabia did 9-11. But you don't get pretty confident in it. I don't even work for the FBI. Yeah. Like once you hit a certain level, you really are not allowed to talk about that, it seems. But hey, we're not at that level yet, baby. No Saudi money here. Woo. Yeah. Of which if the Saudis do want to fund, you don't even like this show. We will change the name to you don't even like women. You don't (laughs) even like Jews. Uh, You don't even like human rights. We will do that. You don't even like the Saudis. We can make it ironic. You you want to give us Mbappe money? We'll be like, you don't even like Mbappe. I'll take Ronaldo money. I'm, I'm holding out for Mbappe money. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, give us $1 billion for one season. We'll give you a season that you'll never podcast. forget. Oh, It'll be the most produced podcast that it, it's going to have explosions. <laughs> it's going to have pyro. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a podcast with pyro, special guests. It's going to be like a Michael Always Sunny on this podcast. It's going to be like a Michael Bay movie and a Nickelback album. Fucked. Oh, God. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's crowdfund a billion dollars to do one season (laughs) of you don't even like Saudi Arabia. That's a better idea. We should crowdfund us not taking Saudi money. Yeah. Or I mean, I guess that's kind of extortion. A little bit. Like If you guys don't want us to lose our integrity, you better give us a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want this to be funded by a regime of questionable origin, you know, like Al Jazeera is, then don't. mm, That's the thing. Qatar has also jumped in and started trying to invest in sports teams and things. Yeah, we know what you're trying to do, Qatar. You worry about your you you worry about your slaves, Qatar. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. But at least America's cool. We're not. No, we're not either. I get it. But also, this is still worth talking about. And we just talked about it. We did, baby. Enjoy that. Enjoy that blood wrestling money. Hey, thanks for doing the pod, except for you, Jeff. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? I put an announcement up on the Patreon. But if you happen to be listening to this the day it goes up, this is the last day you can buy You Don't Even Like This Show shirts a.k.a. you don't even like this shirt. You can get those at you don't show dot link slash store. It's a pre-order ends today at midnight. I mean, we'll probably have more later. Maybe and, a different colorway. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. You never know. I like a good shifted colorway. I do, too. I do, too. So, yeah, there will be stuff like that coming. But, yeah, go get your shirts. That's all I got to plug right now. What do you got? Uh, I've got a tour coming up. It's very exciting. I will be performing in uh, Jeddah. Medina and Mecca. Um, it's actually real. It's a really big, I call it the Hajj tour of Saudi Arabia. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> Sounds no, exciting. Um, I'm, uh, you can uh, check out Jeff Has Cool Friends. As of listening, the Adam Todd Brown episode is still the episode um, that you should be listening to. Head on over to wherever you get your podcasts or patreon.com slash Jeff May, all one word. Um, I mean, I guess the slash is, counts as a word. 
Adam is flipping me off and it is rude. Uh, yeah, you can get that plus access to shows like Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl, as well as early access to Nerd with Dre Alvarez, which is also free, but I like when you give me money for it. I also mail out a lot of really cool packages and have a, a couple of limited spaces open for those. Again, patreon.com slash Jeff May. Um, you can also hear Tom and Jeff watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed. You see me live, Blast from the Past on Magnolia and Burbank, August 11th and every uh, second Friday of the month um, for Mint on Card. Uh, bye. Bye. Hey, goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. We love you. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street.